Because the truth is, all of us need some of us to make it through this journey at EPWY. So throw them AirPods in, or your Apple headphones with the mic in your ears, get your notebook out, and get ready for your extra course. Black Girl at PWI is starting now, and class is officially in session. What is up, what is up, what is up, beautiful people who are tuning in and listening to the Black Girl at a PWI podcast. Y'all, today is Valentine's Day. Today is Love Day, February 14th. I'm not going to lie, this is personally my favorite day. So more and more as we go throughout this season, you will learn more about Breezy, the Brianna Simone. And let me tell y'all right now, I, me, I'm tapping myself on the chest. I am a sucker for love. I'm not, I'm not even gonna hold y'all. I play Sims and in the old days, right? In Sims 3, you can make your Sims hopeless romantics. And every single time, every time, I would make my Sim a hopeless romantic. And the first thing I would do in Sims is get my Sims married, find my Sim a nice little man. You know what I'm saying? Get them married, we're having kids immediately. Now in Sims, because I have Moz and CC, and I'm saying I like my black women to live in luxury, you know? I make sure that my black teenagers don't go to school with ugly guys because we don't like that. So I'd be taking the people, putting them in creative Sims, make them black. All that just for the experience. But all in all, what I'm trying to tell all in all, what I'm trying to tell y'all is that I love love. So Valentine's Day is one of my favorite days. I personally love it. I have always just been a sucker for love. And, and I'm not gonna lie, right? This is very much the feeling of love, the outward expression of what one feels inside. So, you know, a lot of, if, if you a believer, you probably wanna hear like, baby, God is love. And da da da, love ain't always easy. I know the daggone verse, okay? I know Corinthians, but what I'm trying to tell y'all is that for me, I I like the gushy, I like, the, the hand holding and the flowers, a lot of flowers. I like this chocolate covered strawberries. I like the teddy bears. I cry when I see public adoration and shout outs and my wife is amazing and my girlfriend's amazing and my boyfriend. I cry out, what is it, hours and hours? Yours, mine, ours, I could, that, that joke right there, it makes me cry, you get what I'm saying? So all in all, Valentine's Day is that day for me. I don't got no man, but I, I, be, I be feeling the vibe. I be feeling the vibe, even though, you know, I know a lot of us will say like, okay, Valentine's Day is just a day. You should do it every day. We're not talking to you, okay? We're talking about this one day where it's just like all of it, all of it. It's a little performative for sure, but that is one day where I actually, I indulge. I indulge in the post and all of that. I think it's just beautiful to see outward admiration of others that are in your life and that you love. Which brings us to this, right? It brings us to Valentine's Day, Black Girl at PWI, and you just heard me say that I'm single, very much single. And so you're probably wondering, what, what are we talking about today? And I mean, if you didn't read the title, we're talking about Black Love at PWIs. I want us to get into it. Now, I'm not gonna lie. This is, now all of the podcasts, ideally is catered around the black girl experience at PWI. Uh, all in all though, anybody can listen to it. Today, however, I want to specify that this conversation is for my black girls at PWIs. It's for my black girls at PWIs. 
because I think this is a necessary conversation to have. I think for me as a black girl at a, a PWI, I cannot explain the first three years, definitely not my senior year, because I, I, I got together. Um, but my first three years at my, my predominantly white institution, it was a little interesting. You know, I came in in a relationship that clearly I'm no longer in, came in in that relationship. And so he also went to a predominantly white institution. Um, and so I got came out of that relationship in, what, July 2019, right? So I was in it during my entire first year at UMW. And then sophomore year, I was not, I was not in that relationship. Junior year, I was not in that relationship. And during, it was the, during those two years that I was like, dang, it's really, it's really not giving black love. You know, and a lot of times uh, black women who grow up knowing that they are black women, do you get what I'm saying? Who are conditioned to be outspoken, to be loud, to be outgoing, to fight for your rights, to fight for others, to stand up for others, to advocate, you know, all these things who just have a burning passion for social justice and justice in every capacity. And since the, the black woman or black girl who has grown up and nurtured to be a protector and a nurturer and a mother to all, even when she's younger than them, right? For that black girl, you may come into any institution expecting it to be like a different world or, you know, um, loving basketball. You know, you, you can come in with these expectations that at this institution, in the college experience, you will fall in love, be swept off your feet, graduate, get engaged to at graduation, all of that. You, you may somewhere, someone listening to this may have that idea. And, um, you know, coming into a predominantly white institution in a predominantly white environment, that can shift all of that. Because much like America, right, and we talked about this last episode, predominantly white institutions carry the essence of a predominantly white space. And in that essence, I wholeheartedly believe is sentiments and beliefs and a commitment to anti-blackness. And so that's where we talk about systemic racism, systematic racism are intertwined into the very fabrics of predominantly white institutions. And so with that being said, you have this element of anti-blackness at predominantly white institutions but also in the culture of predominantly white institutions. Many, if not all, I dare say, you have misogynoir. So you have this, this hate and this discrimination against black women. And I'm talking about all shades, but we, we typically talk about colorism or as of lately over the past couple of years, we've been talking about colorism in our community. And so if you're, you know what I'm saying, a darker skinned girl, brown skinned girl, it, it might look 10 times harder for you Right. Because even if you're like, oh, well, I'm not interested in these type of men or whatever else. Everybody wants to feel wanted. Everybody wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to feel seen. Everybody wants to feel heard and not only feel those things, but you want to be those things. You want to be seen in all of you, not just in the oh, you're cute for a black girl. You oh, I've never dated a black girl before. You don't want to be an experiment. And you don't want to be the exception. You want to be received as a black woman, as a brilliant black woman who's loud and outspoken, but who's also soft and deserves to be treated with care and respect and given the space to break down and talk and vent while not diminishing her value. You want to feel like that. Many black women I've talked to, shy, introverted, extroverted, deep down, everybody wants to feel wanted. And so as a black girl at PWI, how do you experience black love? at a predominantly white institution, where the very essence of that institution is rejecting your ability or your environment to feel those very things that are, are essential to the human experience.
So that's what we're going to talk about today, right? I feel like, and I was talking to the one and only Ashley, you know what I'm saying? The, the big dog producer, AA Studios, executive producer, right? And when I was kind of telling her about this episode and she was talking about, um, I love the language she used. She said, uh, some black women feel like they're missing out on this ultimate experience. And I was like, that is so good. Because it's not saying that black women come to PWIs and, you know what I'm saying, are just like looking for a husband or looking for a boyfriend. No, 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 it's not saying that. But when you go through the college experience, whether you're in high school or middle school, even some of us growing up, we were conditioned to think and, and taught to think that, okay, come to college, I figure out my major, I go out on the weekends, I choose a good class, I choose not a good class, I flirt a little bit, I find the guy I like, you know, the guy I like finds me. We hang out. He comes to my dorm and hangs out. I go to his dorm and hangs out, you know, hang out. You know what I'm saying? We plan our future together. We, you know, and even if that's not you, that's what, how a lot of us are conditioned to think about the college experience. When you add black woman onto that, it, it changes things. You add black woman onto that and you say, okay, cool. I'm, I, I may still get that college experience. And then you get to that PWI and you're like, huh, if I... If I'm not skinny and light skin with, with loose curls and curly hair and I don't if I don't talk without an accent, quote unquote, or if I don't use AAVE, only then am I glanced at by black men. And then to take it a step further, only then may I be deemed as an acceptable counterpart, or as an experimental counterpart for white men and non-black men. And then if you add on all those things that we just use as the exception, you say, okay, I'm coming in. I'm not light skin. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm brown skin, dark skin woman. I, I'm loud, outspoken. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and keep my mouth shut. I am going to talk about uh, racial justice and social justice. I am going to call my professor out for using inappropriate language in the classroom. I am going to do my work. I am going to smile at every black person. I am going to get involved in the club. I, am, I may do sports. I am going to party if I feel like it. I'm going to be very black on my social media pages. All of, all of those, right? And, and let's add on another element that a lot of us don't talk about in the community, right? Fat phobia. And, and I'm not skinny. And I'm not. And my hair isn't 3A or 2A. It's 4C. And I don't, you know what I'm saying, have a ton of money, right? You add in all these other layers because black women also are not a monolith. You add on all these other layers. And you come in and experience that based in the fullness of who you are. And it's like, dang, black men, whether attracted to me or not, don't even glance at me. The, black, the only men that I'm attracted to, right, don't even glance at me. White men definitely roll their eyes when I come into a room or, or just don't even, you know what I'm saying? Depending on what your preference is, it doesn't really matter. What I'm trying to say and trying to get at and unpacking this episode is just how difficult it is for many black women and black girls at PWIs to experience black love in these predominantly white spaces and institutions, not because they are not worthy or deserving of it, but solely because the environment is cultivated in a space that is against the very essence, beauty, and fullness of the identity of a black woman. And so for the listener who may be a black woman, a black girl, how does that feel? I, I, know, it don't, I know it don't feel good, sis. You ain't got to tell me. And for the black men, you know, what does that feel like? To know that, that black women feel that way and have to come and feel in that way. You know, uh, as black women, we talk about many times in spaces how black men, and this is, this is not to get into gender wars or anything like that, but how sometimes black men can come into a space and they're already put up to a pedestal, especially if they play sports, even if they ain't cute. Put it, put it, put it, 
put up on a pedestal kind of as like the um, the trophy. If in some way they will find a way to uh, either, uh, what's the word, De- emasculate him or to feti- fetishize, fetishize, you know the word, to make, it, make create him to be a fetish. Whereas black women, it's like you don't even get that many times. You get straight off the bat. We don't like you. We don't want you in the area, and we're definitely not dating you. We definitely don't want to be around you. Or you get heavily friend zoned, right? Like, and, and I'm being honest because, and, and trying to include numerous experiences because this isn't a one time thing for just one black girl at a predominantly white institution. And this definitely won't be the last thing that a black girl at a predominantly white institution experiences when it comes to love, you know? I think the other part about it is that. It's not even just maybe the black men and black men specifically aren't attracted to you, but it's also like, who are the black men? Because that plays a major, major, major role. So say for example, if you are a black woman, you're a black woman, outspoken, you fit the standard of the woman who is a trailblazer, well-loved, well-respected on her campus, all of that, because you are so full in your identity. It can be hard. You you might end up growing more black men because the black men that you are interested in or um, the black men who are around you, you know, maybe they're not as interested in social justice. Maybe they're not that committed to to standing up against white supremacy and racism. You know, maybe they're more performative. Maybe they feel like Black Lives Matter, not the organization, but the movement isn't, you know, it's not important. Maybe they're leaning more towards integration than equitable resources. And so there, there is a divide in the way of thinking because there might be a divide in the experience based on how that predominantly white institution has comforted or rejected them. So you have that. You have, uh, there's black men on campus. I'm just, I'm all out for our people. And they're kind of not. They're more reserved. They like to fit in with the white people. They like to fit in with white women, all of that. And so there creates a disconnect in terms of intimacy and love and um, relationships. Oh, but the other side of that. (laughs) The other side that we talk about so much that we especially saw in, in summer 2020 with white women holding signs. The element of black men who outwardly, boldly, proudly, unapologetically reject the very notion of dating a black woman um, solely with eyes on anyone that's not black, but more specifically, um, depending on, on the state and environment that you're in, more specifically, the rejection of black women comes at the uplifting or prioritization of white women. And so this isn't just a preference thing. This is a, a conditional thing. I think this goes back to identity and, and so many other things. As, so we're not going to get too much into that because we're talking about black women today. But you have black men like that who are, are proud to say and to disassociate themselves from black women who are like the total opposite. So have you, if you have black men, they may be on an opposing side of the very things that you believe in, right? They might be a little more lazy in their beliefs. Or on the other end, you have black men um, who are purposefully choosing to be on the other side in terms of their commitment to black love 
or to uh, respect black women. And so that creates a divide as well. So now you feel like outcast. And then of course, let's be very honest, you just have black men who you're not attracted to and that's more than okay. And just because, you know what I'm saying, somebody self-proclaims himself to be a good guy doesn't mean that they're gonna be a good guy in y'all's relationship and that y'all have to date and because y'all the only two black people in the classroom or on campus, y'all have to date because we, we not settling and we're not doing that, right? He's let the bro be the bro. Um, so you you have all these elements. And then if you're like, okay, well, Brie, no disrespect, but I like I like white men. You know what I'm saying? Even then, because it comes down to like, okay, am I an experiment? Am I fully loved here? Can I be fully and proudly black? And, and so if you are in a relationship in which you can be your true self, black woman, black girl, I support you all the way because there are not many spaces in which that exists. And many times social media may have us thinking that there isn't a space in relationships with anybody outside of black women to make us feel like we are whole and we are seen and we are heard in our in the totality of who we are as black women. So that those are the, that's sometimes what the options look like and that can be discouraging. So today I, I want to talk, I already been talking, but I want to further talk about black women who feel they are missing out on this ultimate experience of being in a black love relationship during their college years, who are missing out on feeling uh, loved, are missing out on feeling valued. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a black woman student leader. I believe, I would like to believe that I am well respected and well appreciated at my institution. In that respect, even if people don't like me, <laughs> they gonna respect me, you know what I'm saying? In the classroom, in a board meeting, because we don't take disrespect very well, right? So it's either one of the two. And so in that, I, I came in as a freshman and demanded respect and showed and proved the work and put in the work and the time and the energy and the blood and the sweat and the tears, no cap, you know what I'm saying? To change my environment. So with that, that's cool. And in the past few episodes, I've told you about the social life, right? So connecting with black folks and parties for black folks and events for black folks. You know, we, we had that entire conversation. But when I got out of that relationship and I was like, okay, I'm single now. And I was looking across my campus. It was so discouraging to see that, okay, I'm well-respected. I'm well-appreciated. But dang, I feel like I can't be vulnerable at all. I feel like I'm nothing but a stone-cold leader. I come in, I move through like a general. I'm arguing teachers down. I'm advocating for everybody else. But who sees me? And, and my preference is black, black men, right? So who sees me? And that, that was a hard thing to know, right? Like, dang, everybody else got choices. White women on this campus, my God, got choices. They could be with the soccer boys. They could be with the baseball boys. They could be with the boys who don't play sports but play games. They could be with, you know what I'm saying, just because their whiteness allows them to traverse through numerous social groups and numerous races and be prioritized. And for me, everybody knows me as a loud black woman, respectfully, the outspoken black woman, respectfully, the advocating black woman, respectfully, the leader who is a black woman, respectfully, the mover, the shaker, the trailblazer. But who sees me? in my most vulnerable moments who aren't my friends. And it was hard. I found myself doing a lot of things. I found myself chasing men, knowingly or unknowingly, I knew it, especially in retrospect. I found myself settling. I found myself just doing a whole bunch of things just to feel, just to experience that. 
Um, and it's hard. It is hard. And, it, and, and I want to be clear, it's not impossible, okay, for a black woman during her college years in a predominantly white space to experience black love to the fullest, to be loved, to be seen, to be heard. And if you're still listening, I pray that at, at no point did you feel like that was implied or that I did imply that it's not possible. It is more than possible. I just want to meet black women where they are in this environment, even if you are in a relationship in which you've encountered misogyny or you've encountered even the appearance that you didn't deserve and weren't worthy of true honest, full, and fulfilling love. But all in all, it can be hard. And so I, I, I want to unpack a few points, right, about how to maneuver through these spaces, how to maneuver through black love at PWIs, because it's not an easy thing when you are a black woman at a predominantly white institution at all, right? I want to talk about just a few, a few, few things that I've done that I've seen other black women do um, that I believe could maybe not change the experience, maybe not change the systemic and systematic racism of the predominantly white institution or space, but can pour so much into you that this feeling of being rejected ends up being the very fuel for you to love yourself more radically and to love your people more radically, but specifically yourself and to love your growth and to enjoy your healing more than you ever had in your entire life. So the first thing is definitely knowing yourself. When we come into college and we're talking about college and the college experience and all that, um, especially for first year students who come in um, and, and transition from high school, commuters, anybody, one thing that they do not tell people enough is how important it is to commit to knowing and learning yourself. Um, I think everybody talks about like, oh, you'll figure it out in college. You'll figure it out. But I wholeheartedly believe you won't figure it out unless you attempt to and unless you're interested in figuring it out. Um, some people don't find themselves until after college, you know, when they're doing something they don't want to do and they start realizing, I don't like that or I do like that. And it, it, it can sometimes feel like it's too late. But knowing yourself, like since I'm talking about knowing yourself not just knowing the things you like and you don't like knowing where you come from knowing your name right so I'm a believer there is a particular reason why I, I go by breezy but that formally my Instagram name all of that has shifted to the Brianna Simone because I had to know my name I had to it was, it was mandatory for me. I came into UMW calling myself Breezy. Oh, you can call me Breezy. At VCU, I was telling them to call me Breezo. <laughs> In front of white people, it was like, I'll be Breezy, call me Breezy. Two E's, one Z, one Y. And so as I kept moving up in, in influence, my peers called me Breezy. And then my professors called me Breezy. And then administrators call me Breezy. And the president calls me Breezy. And the board of visitors call me Breezy. And so when I went from class president as a freshman to the first black woman SGA president in the 113 year history of the University of Mary Washington, my senior year, there's been a change in how people can address me. You can't address me just no type of way. You can't address me just as a loud outspoken black woman. You gotta put a name behind that. Loud outspoken black woman can point to a lot of women on this campus, a lot of black women on this campus. And I appreciate being lumped in with my sisters. You need to know my name though. You need to call me by my name because that's what comes with being seen. And that's what comes with being heard. You're going to see me before I even open my mouth in a room. 
the respect will be there before I step into that room. But I cannot demand those things and I cannot speak those things forward in faith unless I know who I am. So I had to realize for myself, God told me straight up, stop telling people to call you breezy. <laughs> on that report, on that email, Brianna Simone. Brianna Simone Reeves to be exact, right? But you can't do that without knowing yourself. And I'm not saying you have to make a name for yourself because, sis, I believe if you're listening to this, you already made a name for yourself. You are the name. That is your name. That's it. It's, it's already yours. But you have to know that it's already yours. You have to know that you have this space to be yourself because you're willing to give yourself that space. And for those who are wandering, you have the space to be who God called you to be if you would adhere to that space. Because it's existing all around you. Even in the rejection, it's existing the space for you to be who you've been called to be. Even in the, the leading and the protesting and all, and in the pouring, there's a space existed in which you are poured into. It's all around you, I promise. But it comes with knowing yourself and actively seeking that and finding it. Once you do, this rejection from outward sources who really don't matter that much in the grand scheme of things, it changes your perception where you say, oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, I know this for sure. I know one thing about me. I know what I'm not going to do. I know what I will do. I know that I am hard out here. I also know that I'm vulnerable. I also know that I need to get around people who love me. I also know that I don't need to wait for this in order to, to experience greatness and to experience fruitful relationships, right? That comes with knowing yourself. It comes with knowing yourself, sis. It really does. Another thing I'd say is knowing your worth. Again, you can't demand your worth and know your worth until you know yourself. And I'm saying a lot of no's and, and, and all of these things because all in all, it does start with you. Again, we talked about you were in a predominantly white space or at a predominantly white institution, which therefore is a predominantly white space. No matter how many centers on that campus tailored to the black experience, you are in a predominantly white space. And so the status quo of that predominantly white space is inherently, and this is not me speaking anything that is not true, it is inherently in some way, shape, or form anti-you. So they don't need to know who you are because they're already against who you are. They know you're a black woman. You know you're a black woman. We talked in the last few episodes about embracing who you are, but also cultivating and embracing your name as a black woman. So yeah, I'm a black woman, but I'm V. Brianna Simone. And thus, I will be respected. I will be. I couldn't push that out if I didn't believe it. You can fake the funk, but one day, in moments like these, when you're like, dang, I, I wish I was celebrated. I wish I was loved. I wish I was seen. The faking doesn't make it real. You got to know yourself, but you got to know your worth. You got to know your worth. You got to be able to, even at your predominantly white institution and predominantly white space, to say, all right, you know what I'm saying? I do want love. I do desire love. I do desire relationships. I know it comes with work. I know myself. I know what I'm working on, so on and so forth. Um, but in knowing my worth, I'm not about to chase no black man who says he don't like black women. I, I ain't about to do that. Nah. I ain't about to make no think, think peace posts. I'm not about to, mm-mm. I'm not about to waste my energy on telling someone who looks just like me to love me. I don't got time to do that. I can do that with my reflection. I, I, I can inquire of God about love and loving me 
am I going to do it with a man, especially a black man, to encourage him or to spike his mind to consider me or to think about me? Oh, dear sir, please consider me in the masses of the whites. I'm not going to do that. But that comes with knowing your worth. I'm not about to chase nobody. I'm not about to chase nobody. I'm not running from, for love, from love, but I'm also not about to chase this fake perception of what I view love to be from someone who doesn't even realize who he is as a black man. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to be chasing after white men or any non-black man um, to request or inquire of experimental learning in the realm of love. I'm not going to do that either. I'm not. Now I'm not. My ancestors fought way too hard for me to submit. <laughs> My ancestors fought way too hard for me to go out like a punk. I can't, I can't do it, my boy. I can't. You know what I'm saying? We don't chase around here, sis. We do not chase. That love, being seen, being heard, being valued, being publicly adored, privately adored. Oh, yeah, it's coming if it ain't already there and in your atmosphere, right? But you ain't got to chase it. You do not have to chase it because when you know yourself and you know your worth, oh, you know what's coming. And so you don't dilly-dally in the season or you don't dilly-dally where you are. You say, oh, oh I know what's coming because I know my worth. I know who I'm called to be. I know what my name is. So uh, I ain't tripping. I ain't, and I, I ain't tripping and I ain't chasing. I can only trip if I chase. My God, if I stand still and do my drip over here, I can't trip when I walk. I trip when I start walking fast, when I start trying to chase people. You know what I'm saying? So you have that. You have knowing yourself. You have knowing your worth. Ooh, know your why. Nope, sis. Because you can be thinking, Breezy, this is cool. I know myself, sis. I know my name, right? Uh-huh. I know my worth. Ain't no man, I ain't no man about to be talking to me crazy. Hot, get, hot grits can get thrown. Hands can get thrown. Uh, I know my worth. Ain't nobody about to be talking to me crazy. I'm not about to be chasing no black man. Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. But you're like, but Breezy, I, I'm on this college campus and I just feel like I should be in a relationship. Like, I don't, I don't really want a sneaky link, but I just feel like I just want to cuddle some days when it's a snow day and we don't got school. Like, I just want somebody to go out with on the weekends or go to the basketball games with and breezy. I don't know. I just want somebody to explore the city with while I'm in this predominantly white space. I need a break. I need to feel loved. Sis, all oh, that's good. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful, and I want it for you. That ain't why you there, though, sis. Now, maybe maybe for some of y'all, it might be, right? Maybe for some of y'all, God is placing your person on that campus for y'all to meet and to have radical black love that reminds people that the very essence of God's love is black love. And in that black love, black babies are born and black marriages are restored and families are healed. For sure, God can use it for his glory. I can't particularly say that for the majority of people who may be listening, that that is why you are on that campus. So why are you on that campus? Is it to embody black love in the way that you love yourself? Can others get blessed by how you love others because of what, how you love yourself? Is it to, to create an environment in which black women and black girls and black people in general feel safe? Is it to create an environment, an inclusive environment 
for your non-average black folks is it to expand the conversation about the black LGBTQ plus community? Is it to create a bold, empowered, and unapologetic environment of black folks on that predominantly white institution to force them to prepare themselves for black excellence in every capacity by supporting it financially, systemically, uh, through administration and the employment of professors who look like y'all? Is it to push for curriculum? Is it to be the first black X, Y, and Z? Is it, what is it for? If you take out blackness, okay, why are you there? Is it to become a doctor because God wants you to save lives? Is it to become a lawyer? Is it because you got to meet some people who are there? What is your why? Because it's something. But for everybody, it's not black love. And sometimes when it comes to Valentine's Day, we start over-consuming. Oh my gosh, I want this. Oh my gosh, I didn't know they were in a relationship. Oh my, oh my gosh, but she's in college and he's in college. And okay, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. Absolutely. It's not a matter of can. It's a matter of should. Should I be in a relationship when I got a purpose? Should I be settling when I have a greater calling on my life? Should I be lollygagging and trying to be booed up in my dorm when, when I know I got papers to do because there's a bigger purpose and calling on my life and this boy won't matter in a couple, couple weeks? Should I? And again, this is not to dismantle or disregard or disrespect any relationship that is currently thriving with black love and fullness and mutual respect and love and understanding and mutual belief systems and being equally yoked on both sides in a relationship of, of black folks who are in college and black women in college. This is not to do that in any means, but I am speaking to a specific group I feel like who feel pressured and have low-key pressured themselves to become and focus on something that is not the intention of their being placed where they are. Black Girl at a PWI speaks to the experience of Black Girls at PWI, but also my own. And as a Black Girl at a predominantly white institution, I came in and I didn't understand why God had me there. As I went on, though, closer to sophomore year, junior year, I realized that God was using me to put me in spaces in which I could leave the door open and leave the seat warm and the table empty for black women and black folks to come in and take control and to create change. I put in a lot of time that will never be compensated for and a lot of energy that will never be compensated for by man intentionally, unless God puts it in their hearts, for an institution that still ain't paying my, uh, my student debt. Right? I didn't come there looking for love, though. I, I, I didn't know why I, I got there, but I found out. <laughs> I was supposed to be creating space. I was clearing the era. Clear the era, clear the era. I was, yeah, I was creating room. I was creating room. I was one to get in and fight and war for it. I was training people up in the way they should go. I was creating room and spaces for black folks who will come 10 years from now, but be blessed by the work that I've done and other black women have done on that campus. That is my why. That is my why, that is still my focus. But nowhere in that was the man. If he comes, he comes. I hope he come quick, but <laughs> if he comes, he comes, you know? If he comes while I'm in college, cool. If not, that gives me more time to be on my grind and to make sure I don't skip a beat, to make sure I interact with every black person, to make sure I speak every word that needs to be spoken in that environment, for it to shift for the folks who are coming in. That is my why. It changes the way you maneuver through a predominantly white space when you know your why, and you know who you are, and you don't settle. Last but not least, 
And this is me just being positive on the positive side of things because this isn't supposed to be a sad joint. This thing is supposed to empower you to know that you are loved so deeply and you have every right and you deserve and you are worthy of a deep love. It just may not come in that predominantly white space, but it's okay because you're loved by your community. And if you ain't loved by that community on the ground, you love by the black girl PWI community. You love, uh, you are love, sis, and black love or whatever love you're looking for is coming to you. And most importantly, God loves you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Everybody else is cute. Everybody else is cute. But God, yeah, yeah. Last thing before we get off, because I'm, I'm holding y'all too long. Leave campus or that environment. I'm not going to hold y'all. I'm not going to hold y'all. Your girl, sophomore year, your girl got on Tinder. And then I got on um, Hinge. That joint was, and I, <laughs> well, I definitely did stuff I ain't had no business doing. I wasn't, like, having sex or nothing like that. But I definitely was, you know what I'm saying, talking to other guys. I was putting myself out there is what I'm saying. Don't feel like, oh, I, if, if I am seeking a relationship or whatever else, that I have to find it there. Who said that? You're in college. So, you know what I'm saying? You know how HBCUs get down. They homecoming come around. They hit up homecomings across the HBCU diaspora. You get what I'm saying? Why not do the same thing? Put yourself out there, right? Leave campus. Leave that predominantly white environment. You know and I'm saying? Go somewhere where it's black people. Go somewhere where it's other black college students. Go somewhere where it's other black uh, college men who, you know what I'm saying, have a similar thought to you. Join clubs. Join organizations. Get to know people. Don't settle for the first black man you see and don't settle for the black men or the, the men on your campus. Don't do that. Why? We got Instagram. Now, obviously, be safe because black women are not safe out here, right? Black women are not even safe on dating apps. So please be very careful with how you maneuver and how you put yourself out there. Not saying to police yourself, but saying to be safe in what you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing, right? But don't feel cornered or imprisoned to a predominantly white institution. Look, my sophomore dream year, I went to so many, so many events. I hung around in VCU the most. And then um, my freshman year, my, definitely my freshman year, I was out in Richmond consistently. And I went to V uh, Union, did a gym jam, uh, September 2019, I think. Gym jam, that joint was lit. BSU did like a comedy night or something like that. And I went to that joint. Like there are college events out there and you sometimes don't have to go to that college to experience them. But don't feel cornered to that predominantly white institution. University of Mary Washington has roughly 4,000 people. A lot of them is not black folk. But I'm super black, and I love blackness, and I love my people. So what did I do? I went around my people. I had a car, and if I didn't have a car, I was going to make a way where there is a will. I got, there is a way. So do not feel cornered. If you feel like, I, I need to feel whatever, do that. Do that. Especially if you're, you know what I'm saying, not in undergrad, you're in grad school, all of that, you know what I'm saying, or even out of grad school and working in the corporate world. Put yourself out there, sis. Don't feel cornered to that predominantly white space. You don't want to, you more likely don't want to meet nobody in your corporate field or in your graduate program anyway. So put yourself out there in whatever your environment you're in, right? Be safe, but don't feel limited to the space that you're in, a space that is not committed to loving you and seeing you fully. Because there are men out here who are committed to that and willing and able and capable. And more specifically, despite what the media says, there are black men who are willing and able and capable. 
All in all, you deserve the purest love that will ever exist on this earth. I wholeheartedly believe that if you don't know God, you you definitely should, my God, my God, because his love is absolutely amazing. And the love that you experience from others should also be equally amazing. Maybe not equally, but it should be somewhat amazing. (laughs) It should be full. It should be whole. It should be admirable. It shouldn't be a secret. It should be a bold love. It should be a soft love. It should be a safe love. It should be a wholehearted, honest, authentic, real, full, grown, emphasis on grown, (laughs) committed love. You know what I'm saying? Um, And nothing less. And if nobody else tells you on Valentine's Day, you are so, so loved. And you are seen and you are heard and you are respected and you have every right to be soft and exactly who you are because it does not diminish how strong and committed and just absolutely beautiful that you are. And that's the honest truth. And Black men, if you are listening to this, I am encouraging you to come on to the Black Girl PWI Instagram page and support into Black women in our affirmation posts and remind them of how loved they actually are. Shoot, y'all might find a little man in the comments, okay? Black men, y'all might find your little Valentine's Day in, the, in the, your little Valentine's in the comments. You get what I'm saying? So... Black men, if you're listening to this, definitely pour into black women on, uh, who may be under the Black Girl PWR page or just simply pour into the black woman currently in your life. Be honest with them, but remind them and create a space in which they can experience that love through you, right? All within boundaries as well. Don't, don't just be flirting with all the black women because that's how you get a that's how you get a bad rep. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to save y'all out here. So if you had a PWR, you flirting with all the black women, ain't nobody going to want to date you, dog. So, so don't do that. But black women, you are loved. I loved you. Black girls at the PWI, considering PWIs. Just want to give you a heads up on what that looks like. You are totally more than capable, able, willing, um, and deserving of a, of a full black love, even at a PWI. But you're not settling, and you need to know yourself, and you need to know your worth, and you need to know your why in the midst of preparing for black love. In or out a PWI, because one could argue that America is PWI, you know. So once you know you're loved, be on the lookout for affirmation posts today on Valentine's Day Love Day. Remember, your girl is single, so I'm in the same boat as y'all. We in this together. I'm not just talking, you know what I'm saying, and preaching what I don't live. I'm talking what I live. I'm talking what I live. Know you're loved, and I can't wait to talk to y'all next freaking Monday. It's lit. It's super lit, and you are super loved. Now, class is out, but that don't mean you should be going ghost, okay? If you like today's discussion or want to keep it going, follow us on Instagram at BlackGirlPWI and keep talking at talk. Also, don't forget to check out our portal for scholarships, financial aid tips, mental health, and motivation some days. This is Breezy signing out. Take care of yourself and keep showing up, sis.